Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. I love that song that we just sang because it really lays out our beliefs so clearly. Because the way that the things that we believe about God, the things that we believe about Jesus, they really matter. They shape who we are as individuals, as a body. Uh, they shape the way that, that we live. And I think it's such a great way to, to lead into sharing God's word. Uh, because John, who wrote those words who we just heard on the video, John understood that it matters. The things that you, matter, that you believe really matter. And it matters that we have beliefs in Jesus Christ and who he says that he is. These are beliefs that I believe can change your life. And we're going to talk more about those. You know, in, in our world today, alarm systems are fairly common, right? They're, they're fairly important and necessary. I remember a few years ago, it was 3.30 in the morning when my phone rang. And uh, it was, I was sleeping pretty sound, and I answered my phone. And a voice on the other end said, this is the police department. We're here at Stillwater Church, the church I used to serve. So, and we found a, a door is propped open, and the burglar alarm's gone off. And so we're going to secure the building, and we wondered if you would want to come in and to oversee that. And as a pastor who loves and cares about his church so deeply, I said, no, thank you. <laughs> They're the cops. They can do this, right? You know, I trust them. And so they, they said, well, that's, that's okay. We, we, can, we can do that. They said, in fact, a, a canine unit has just arrived. And my ears perked up at that moment because I think police dogs are one of God's best creations, right? There, there's nothing like watching those. If, if you haven't before, just YouTube police dog takedown this afternoon, right? It's better than any football game that you'll probably see today. You know, the criminals are running away. These dogs, they go leaping through the air into cars, all these things to get the bad guys. So I pulled up on my phone my camera app, right, that I could see the church. And with great joy, I watched as the dog ran from room to room to room, not even stopping to eat the animal crackers in the nursery, mind you. This dog was, was on it. And I prayed a prayer I've never prayed before. I said, God, please let there be lots of bad guys in the church. But alas, there were none. There were only some helium balloons that had floated, tripped the motion sensor, balloons left by the same baby shower who left the door propped open. That's not worth waking up for at 3.30 in the morning, now is it? But regardless, alarm systems are important, and it's important also that our alarm systems are calibrated to the right thing. A false alarm doesn't do any good. False alarm doesn't do any good. And, you know, John is going to be talking today, uh, he kind of, about the fact that God has like a, a built-in alarm system in our spirit. John describes it in the passage, and this built-in alarm system, it's, it's kind of set to go off when Satan, when the evil one, is seeking to bring distortion or lies or chaos, distraction 
into your life. The Holy Spirit helps us to distinguish the, the truth from the lies. And he lets us know which is which. 1 John 4, 1 says this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, you might remember from the earlier weeks that I told you that John was writing to some churches, and part of the reason he was writing was to address a, a heresy, a false belief. And one of these false beliefs taught that that everything that was physical is evil. So like a human body, evil, that's a physical thing. And everything spiritual is, is good and holy. Okay? It kind of divided the world into two categories. It's not really Christian thought, but that was thought at the time. And so they were trying to make Christian beliefs sync with these kind of beliefs that were popular at the time. Problem, of course, being that we believe that Jesus came down from heaven, that he is both God and human, 100% of each, 100% human, 100% God. Well, those who fell for this heresy couldn't accept that because they couldn't believe that God would have taken on a human body because a human body, in their mind, was an evil thing. And so it was, it was a clash that just couldn't happen. So they, they got to these odd beliefs, these messed up beliefs that Jesus was, Jesus was a human who was a good guy and, and, and God, Christ, if you will, kind of hovered over him, right, and, and gave him some powers, but, but this wasn't really God in human form. So they had it all messed up. And John was writing to address these kinds of things. He was writing to address this. He says, verse 2, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and is now even in the world. So John is real clear. Jesus is 100% human, he's 100% God. Anybody, any spirit, whatever that tells you otherwise is not telling you the truth, okay? C.S. Lewis was perhaps the greatest theologian of, of the past generation, and, and he wrote so many impactful things, but I wanted to share one of his most compelling arguments with you. He says this, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying that really foolish thing that people often say about him, Jesus, and here's the thing. They say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. Lewis tells us that is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would be a, either a lunatic on the level with a man who is saying he is a poached egg. Uh, insults have changed a little bit in the past few decades, I guess. Or he would else be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us. He did not intend to. This is Lewis's famous liar, lunatic, or Lord argument. 
who says that a man who comes and says all these wonderful teachings and also says, I am God, can't just be a great teacher. You're either lying about that God part, or you're crazy, and you believe that you're actually God, but you're a human, or you are who you say you are, and you are actually the Lord. This, this kind of thinking is it's not necessarily popular today, because we, we live in a world that has been questioning truth for quite a long time. I mean, for many, many decades ago, postmodern philosophy uh, became quite popular, which basically says that there is, there's not really truth, like absolute truth. Like, what's true for me may not necessarily be true for you. And so your truth, my truth, they can be kind of different. And at first, this may seem kind of nice, right? Because you kind of get to make up some of your own truth. But when you really think about it, it's bankrupt, I mean, we don't live like that in so many other areas, right? What if you were wanting to become more healthy, right? And so you read some dietitians, and they tell you you need to increase the protein and decrease the carbs and increase the vegetables, and you're like, eh, that's not really much fun. You know, that's, okay, dietitian, that's, that's your truth, that's, that's good for you, that's great, but I personally am going to focus on the superfoods, you know, like Mountain Dew and Skyline Coney's and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, right? That's my truth. That's what's going to make me a healthy person. Well, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You can try that diet. It's not going to lead to good things, right? You, you got to have more than just the junk food. And, and just saying that something's true doesn't make it true. Well, that's, that's kind of postmodernism. Then we've even moved beyond that into what today some folks are calling a post-truth world. And it's a, a similar but a bit different. In this world, truth just doesn't matter. Instead, feelings matter. Don't worry so much about facts. Just worry about what you and your friends, your circle, your group feels. And that can be truth for you. And we see this all over today's rhetoric. Just look at social media. Emotions rule. Conspiracy theories are listened to over expert opinions. And you know, the kind of world that we're describing is a world that is just as dangerous, maybe even more dangerous than John's world when it comes to these false spirits that he talks about when it comes to Satan's ability to, to slip in things that are not real, that are not true, but get people to believe them. Because if it's just about your feelings, if there's not really any truth, well, then it doesn't matter so much who Jesus is or what Jesus did or whether he rose or didn't raise, or whatever, I'm, I'm worried about my feelings. And hear me, feelings matter, they do. They're a gift from God. But feelings don't, don't, don't mean that truth, just because you feel some way, does not mean that truth does not exist. There is truth. His name is Jesus Christ. He's come to reveal God's truth to us. You know, ever since currency was created, there's been a problem of, of counterfeit money. Every government who has currency has had to deal with this. In fact, I read that post-Civil War, they estimate that somewhere between 30 and 50% of U.S. currency was fake. 
<laughs> That's a problem right there. And, and it's still a challenge today. The, the, the uh, experts say that there still could be billions of dollars of fake currency floating around in our system. So, of course, the government employs experts to be able to sort it out, to get the false currency, the, to get the counterfeit out of our system. And, and what they do is, of course, they, they look at what the fakes are, yes, but they spend a majority of their time studying the real currency. Because the problem is that a new fake can be made every day. A, a, new, a new false form of currency could be made every day. You're not going to be able to memorize all of those. But if you know the real thing, if you know that as well as you know anything else in this world, it gets a whole lot easier to spot a fake. Because you are so used to the real thing that the fake stuff pops out to you so much more quick than it would. Friends, if you want to discern God's will for your life, if you want to discern the things of the Lord, then you have to have a close relationship with Jesus. You've got to get close with the real deal. Okay, You've got to get close with, with the, the real deal, with Jesus Christ himself. Because the truth that Jesus Christ has come from God and, and is the Son of God, this is no small thing, okay? This is no minor detail. It's not some little thing that, you know, believe it or not, whatever. No, this is a major, major thing. It's, it's so essential we understand that Jesus is not just like an elevated human, He's not just a human with some really cool, you know, like gifts from God that allows him to do some things that you and I can't usually do. That's not who Jesus said he says that he is. And it's not, like Lewis said, it's not a, a logical belief even because of the fact that Jesus himself claimed to be God. So John, he heard some of this nonsense about Jesus and he personally knew what the real thing was like. John had experienced the real Jesus. He had heard him. He had seen him. He had touched him. He had walked with him for three years. So as the, the, elder, as the elder teacher, John, one of the few remaining people on earth who's seen Jesus, as he hears these things, he knows they're, they're nonsense, and so he combats them. Because he knows that Jesus came down, remember, as a baby, an innocent 